Welcome to this episode of Unbiasedly Speaking with your host, Tracy Spears, and her guest, Charmaine McGuffey. Hi, my name is Tracy Spears, and I'm super excited to introduce you to my guest this week, Charmaine McGuffey. Charmaine is the sheriff of Hamilton County, which serves the area of Cincinnati, Ohio. And she is an out lesbian that was fired by a previous administration. And uh, after a little bit of time ruminating about that, decides, you know what, I can do better than him anyway. And she decides to run for sheriff and beats him by about 70% of the vote. So super excited. Let's roll our sleeves up and hear more about Charmaine's journey. Hi, how are you? Oh my gosh, I am so excited to talk to you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, listen, it, you, we have been, been cheering you on uh, from the middle of the United States and Oklahoma. So I, I know that's <laughs> probably been a big surprise to you, all the people that are paying attention though, yes? Well, it is. I did not expect the attention that I am getting. People kind of told me, but I was like, oh, it's not going to be that big a deal. And <laughs> yeah, I, I think I heard about it from the HRC or so. I don't even know how. Oh, right? yeah. Then right. Before it, it hit the national news. Yeah, it was HRC and, and they gave me a boost, the Victory Fund. I mean, I'm so thankful. You know, people really just around the, around the country pitched in to help me make this happen. Oh, my goodness. Fabulous. Listen, really I want to dig in. I think your story is so inspiring that I think people need to hear it. So, okay, great. Thank you. You are now the sheriff of, I believe it's Hamilton County. That's correct. But is that really Cincinnati? Is that the. the yes. And that's, that's a great way to think of it, to locate us. So, so the city of Cincinnati sits within Hamilton County and we are right on the Ohio river. So literally Kentucky, I can see the shore of Kentucky right here from where I'm sitting. Yeah, we're down there at the bottom. <laughs> People have not been listening to the news and know who you are. You were fired from the sheriff's office. I'll, yes. let you, I'll let you tell your story. Do you mind sharing with us? No, sure. Okay. No, I'll give you the, the, the quick version. So uh, I'm a 33-year veteran of the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office. And I rose to the rank of major. I'd been promoted by three different sheriffs to sergeant, lieutenant, captain, and then major, the highest ranking woman in the history of the sheriff's office. In that role, I commanded a staff of some 600 uniformed personnel. And I, was in the, I had the care and custody of 1,400 prisoners. We had the third largest jail in the state of Ohio. So I was the court and jail commander. And, um, Pretty early on when uh, the transition happened, because I was promoted by a guy named Jim Neal, who was the sheriff, who became the sheriff. And he also changed out his internal affairs unit and put some new people in that internal affairs unit for our department. Pretty soon after, I really did start having some serious disagreements with those guys, because what I found and what I saw was the fact that they were not holding officers accountable for excessive use of force. They were not holding officers accountable for the sexual harassment of women officers and women inmates. So I was very vocal about that. Now I held that, I held that rank, the major and that command for almost five years. And it got down to just the disagreements continued to escalate. 
as the use of forces continued to escalate. And kind of the, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back is when uh, there was a prisoner, actually more than one, that were actually hospitalized because of the injuries they suffered due to excessive use of force. And one of those was literally, it was actually on video. I mean, the whole thing was on video and the officer was not held accountable. That was the event that really ended in my firing. The uh, Internal Affairs Department created a report that said through their investigations that I was a hostile boss and I was creating a hostile work environment for people. So therefore they recommended I be fired. So the sheriff brought me in on Friday, May 5th, 2017 and fired me. And literally within 15 minutes, I have a a stellar career. I mean, above average, everything. And in 15 minutes, it was over. And I never even got to see the report. They refused to give it to me. I did finally insist on having it. And I finally did get the report. But the bottom line is 15 minutes it took for the sheriff to end my 33-year career. Uh, And it really was motivated by those things I said. So it was quite, yeah, quite traumatic, very traumatic. So you had no idea walking into that meeting, even what the meeting was about. Well, I knew what it was about. I knew they had created a report and I knew that they were trying to uh, disparage me. I knew they were trying to damage my reputation, but I had actually literally been told by the sheriff because I'd been asking like, what's going on? Um, not to worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't lose any sleep over it. Quote. (laughs) So when I walked in, yeah, I was quite taken back that we weren't going to discuss some kind of thing. We, I just was summarily fired. And interesting. So I don't know what normally would happen in that. Let's say I do know Mm -hmm. it was unjustified. We know that his, Mm -hmm. you know, because everything has happened, but would that normally be like, you know, there's a few things that happened before. Yeah. So, yes. I mean, I've been in this business 33 years. We, everyone, every employee has the right to due process. Right. It doesn't matter what your status is as far as how you're hired but you have a right to due process, which means you can go to a hearing, an administrative hearing, present your evidence, be presented with, number one, the evidence against you, which I was never presented with. So I wasn't even allowed to see that evidence or even go to the table to defend myself. And the report, as it turns out, 108 pages of it, it's absolutely it's ridiculous. It's full of gossip, innuendos, forced, uh, you know, forced interviews. I mean, it, it, it is the most ridiculous investigation I've ever came upon in my career. It was unbelievable. And it's exactly why I knew I needed to file a lawsuit. Yeah. As soon as I looked at that report, I thought this violates <laughs> so many standards of conduct and it violates my civil rights because I have a civil right, particularly as an official wearing a uniform, to call out those excessive use of forces and question them. That's my right to do that. You can't fire me for that. Right. By law, anyway. And, and it is also my within my preview to speak up when women in my command are harassed. 
by men in my command, and particularly when female inmates in my command are harassed. Um, that is my absolute duty to call that out. So, so that, then I knew I was going to file a lawsuit. Yeah. And I assume there is a culture in that environment, though, where people um, don't, you know, use their voice and speak mm -hmm. out against that. So for you to do that tells me a couple of things. One is it had to have just gotten to the point where you just couldn't anymore. Because my guess is there were probably times early in your career that you thought, mm -hmm. hey, wait a minute, that's not OK. Is that fair to say? Oh, it's absolutely fair to say. And how insightful of you. It's exactly right. Um, you know, I there were times in my career um, that I spoke out. Oh, I I always spoke out, and um, and because of it, I I had a target on my back. I had lots of battles during my career, um, but the thing that kept me in the game is I understood the process and I understood how to bring those arguments forward um, in the proper ways. And I had bosses that saw it my way. I, I had, uh, you know, bosses that knew what the procedure and policy was and agreed with me. This particular administration that was put in place by Jim Neal was, oh my gosh, it was like nothing I'd ever seen. I don't know how he selected his command staff, the majority of them, but they certainly didn't like me and I certainly didn't share their values. Was that was the was the root of that not only because you um, were vocal but also you were a lesbian? I mean, mm -hmm. is it, you know, if you had to say that it was part this and part that, is it all one big bucket, or do you feel like being a member of the LBGTQ community was really the thing that rubbed them the wrong way? What 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 do you think? Oh, it was absolutely an underlying call. I guess you could call it the burr in the saddle, right? Under the saddle, it was it was there. It was always there. There were men in the command that didn't like it, and particularly as I came out, because see, my tenure in the sheriff's office, for the most part, I wasn't openly gay. I mean, I never lied about it or tried to be anything else. But I just went about my business and didn't share my life with anybody at work. I just didn't do it. And um, so I was able to kind of fly under the radar. I like to tell people, you know, jokingly, we, we were a paramilitary organization. We didn't have the don't ask, don't tell. The way it pertained to me was why ask when you can tell. <laughs> I, you know, but I motored along in my career and I did quite well. But then I was outed. I was publicly outed by an incident that occurred just across the river here in Covington, Kentucky, where we were, um, I was leaving a gay bar and we were targeted mm. by the police. And um, I spoke out against that, as is my habit. I saw wrongdoing and I called it out. And I told those officers, I said, you guys are targeting a gay bar and it's not right. I wasn't doing anything wrong. We were literally four women at 11 o'clock at night walking to our car in a crosswalk literally. And there wasn't anybody out. There was no activity. And these two officers were stationed up about 40 feet from the bar, angled at the door, and they just began harassing us the moment we were in the middle of the street. Did they know you were who you were? That you? No, okay. no, they didn't until, and I spoke out because I was confident because of who I was, right? I knew those officers needed to hear that message. Well, I had, no, you know, I had no idea that one of them 
was going to just take off running towards me and throw me to the ground. I mean, literally, I, you know, I, I was shocked. We were all shocked. We couldn't believe it because I had yelled over there. You guys are targeting the bar. You should find something better to do with your time. And man, that was it. And it was, you know, for that officer, it was bad. So when they found out who I was, it looked like a murder scene. I mean, they, they called the captains and the lieutenant, you know, because now it's like, what are we going to do? They know that we know those guys did the wrong thing because we're cops too. It ended up being a situation where to save face, the officer wrote me tickets. So I was ticketed for menacing, for disorderly conduct, and for uh, public intoxication. Oh my gosh, I did. I read the story getting ready for this, but I did not know that part of it was not in the story at all. Well, there's, there's so much to the story, that, you know, but yeah, that happened. And when that happened, I had to report it, of course, to my command. And this was 10 years ago. I mean, this was 10 plus years ago now. And I had a different sheriff then even, who was quite not on the page of gay people. Let me just put it that way. And so I reported it and that's how I was outed. The tickets, by the way, were dropped. All of that was dismissed. It was done because they knew that was never going to stand, but I was still disciplined. It's the only discipline in my file of my 33 year career was for being in a gay bar. And that was conduct unbecoming. And that is there. I mean, it, it just mm. is what it is. So I was outed. Um, and then when I became the major, I marched in the gay pride parade with my wife. Mm. It, it was one of the best days of my life, honestly. I mean, I just can't even describe to you the feeling of being able to do that after all those years. Right. The word got back to me that it didn't sit well with uh, some of the guys in command. And I do want to say this, Tracy, I want to I be very clear about this. There are so many good police officers out there and so many good officers in my department. I mean, tons of them, hundreds of them. They're wearing the badge for the right reason. Um, they do the right things. You know, my conflict with the department really was at the top in that top management. Um, the officers are in general, very fabulous people, just so you know. I do know that. And what's interesting about your stories, I was thinking about what would we call this? And, you know, a reluctant hero, maybe like, you know, like yes. you, you didn't, this wasn't really what you thought yeah. where you were headed. Yeah. Were you thinking yeah. early on, okay, I'm going to be the sheriff and I'm going to change uh, stereotypes. And I mean, you, none of that was in yeah. your mind. You're just no. be a good, a good police officer, right? Yes, that was absolutely my, yeah, it was never my goal to run for political office. Uh, I was very, very happy being the major of the jail, creating reforms. I enjoyed my job in uniform. Yes, I was very reluctantly dragged into the spotlight. Yeah, yeah. I did have a curiosity. At 14, you say you want to be a, a police officer. What, right. why at 14, what happened? How well, I grew up in a neighborhood. I was an at-risk kid and in an at-risk neighborhood. And, you know, I palled around a lot with the boys that just happened to be all guys that lived on my street. And I actually got to learn a lot about social justice through that process, because as young kids all run around together, it was one of those things where the oldest kid is in charge. 
you're kind of at the mercy of their demeanor. And I decided then, you know what, I'm going to be a person who, who helps people and who makes sure that whoever's in charge is doing the right thing. I think that's where it came from. So I announced it at 14. I was, I was used to announcing things. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Done and that was it. So that day that they bring you in, in 15 minutes, you watch your whole body of work be, you know, really discarded. What did the force do for you? Like, what was the support like, Charmaine? What happened then when people started hearing? I received a tremendous amount of text messages of support from people, emails, and people that weren't even associated with the department that had worked with me on lots of other projects for reform purposes and things like that. And I, lots and lots of people reached out to help me, but I was so devastated and traumatized and literally thank God for my wife, Christine Sandusky. She handled all that for me because at that point you're so devastated. You can't even, I couldn't even think to, to respond, you know? It was awful. And Chris took care of that. She made sure that all of those things were answered and, and done and, and just thank God for her. So I received a lot of support. The officers down there now support me. They continue to support me through this because they know I was right. They know. Well, so the no spoiler here, you end up winning the election by like 70% of the vote because you make a decision in the middle of all that. And I do want to know what's the time frame from oh my gosh, I'm devastated too. Not that, I'm running against you. (laughs) (laughs) How long is that? Well, it was, yeah, it it took a minute. Um, It it really did take me about a full year to recover, physically, emotionally to recover. And then, you know, I had some just excellent people in my life. My wife, first of all, but also a mentor, a woman that has mentored me Um, that I actually met when I was the major and she called me and she's a a force of nature. And she said, listen, you can't stay down. We've got work to do. So you got to pick yourself up. We got to get going. And then another woman called me just out of the blue. I didn't know her. And it was summertime. And she said, we're looking for, she was with the democratic party. And she said, we're looking for someone to run against Jim Neal, who was the current sheriff that fired me because they know he's doing the wrong thing. And as she was talking to me, I finally, I said to her, well, uh, are you asking me to suggest some names of people that you can contact to ask them this? And she said, no, we want you. (laughs) We want you to run. So I said, well, and, you know, it just really kind of began just in little pieces there of me saying, you know what, I can do a better job than he can, a way better job. And that's what I intend to do. And so that's how I came to decide to run. Interesting. I do a lot of leadership training as well as doing Mm -hmm. what we're doing here. And it's interesting how many women in powerful positions end up there because somebody else says, I think you'd be great at that, right? That that we, that's not, we're not wired typically to say, I can run this whole darn thing, right? It's somebody else that says, hey, wait a minute. And that usually creates that spark. So you're, you know, not unique in that, that somebody sees that in you and you go, oh my gosh, yes, of course, right? Yes, that's exactly right. And I, I'm very confident. I mean, I never, once I made that decision, I haven't had a moment's hesitation 
not one minute of intimidation from those guys. And believe me, they can bring the intimidation and they try. Yeah. Oh, they try. I've never strayed from the course ever since I made that decision. Well, I love that. And I think it's why, you know, uh, women, we need to continue to support each other to say, hey, wait a minute. Yes. Because I just don't think we're ob as objective at times about our own performance because, right. uh, and I'm generalizing, you know, but I do think that, you know, that nudge at times, I've been nudged for sure in my career and mm -hmm. super grateful, uh, you know, to all those, and not just women that have seen that, but also other men that have like, oh. hey, wait a minute, you know. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yes. Men have been a part of my journey for sure. They yeah. really have. Well, so, so you make this decision to run against him and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you are kind of everywhere. You're fundraising. People are sending you money, not mm -hmm. just from Cincinnati and Hamilton County, but really from all over. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. From all over the nation. I, I was getting donations and and it was tremendous. I mean, I'm so grateful to people for paying attention and, and helping me in this because this was a big fight. I mean, this was not easy. These guys came after me with everything they had. Um, you know, Jim Neal, I had three obstacles, first of all. The first was to get um, Jim Neal was the incumbent Democrat. So I had to get convince the Democratic Party to endorse me instead of him which we did. That was quite dramatic. Um, I got their endorsement over Jim Neal. Then I had to beat him in the primary, which I did, 70%. Then I faced the Republican opponent for, for the Republicans, and they put up a guy named Bruce Hoffbauer, who was a former Cincinnati police officer. And then Jim Neal, through his 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 strength, his money, his influence behind Bruce Hoffbauer. Okay. So they worked together to try to defeat me. And, and I beat Bruce Hoffbauer by a margin of, I had 52% of the vote and I believe he had 47 just in general. So I beat him in the general election. Oh my gosh. I was struck by when you did take office and I watched your, you know, when you got up and you thanked everybody and yes, everybody was so excited. Um, I, I thought, oh, this is how I knew I would love you is you, you said, you thanked Jim Neal for his, his service in law enforcement. Yes. And I yes. thought of all of the things that have happened here, he has not only fired you, he has mm -hmm. kind of made it really difficult. That year oh. after being fired, what happened in that year, I can't even imagine. I know it crystallizes you now in, in who instead mm -hmm. of you even more in who you are, but that's devastating. And then he lobbed and then he starts uh, putting his support behind the other right. the Republican. I mean, like all of that. So you, what a class act you are. That's what I'm gonna say. Thank but, you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Tracy. I appreciate you didn't, that. You didn't have to mention him at all. You know what I mean? No, right. That's right. But, like, you know, I did not run a negative campaign. I mean, there are things that needed to be said that I said regarding my opponents, uh, factual things. But I did, uh, you know, I did not run a negative campaign. And that's not the way I run my life. I mean, you know, I'm not interested in what these guys are doing. I'm interested in what I'm doing to move the mark forward. And, and that's what people want to know anyway, right? I mean, you know, I know people are interested in gossip and that kind of thing, and there's plenty of that out, out there. But, it, but I've never been a person who, um, 
who disparages people. It's just not, it's not something I do. Yeah. Well, it's not necessary, right? It's right. As you, as you have said, there, there are a lot of examples of, and I think your comment was unfit for the job and for this moment was mm-hmm. how you ran. Yes, yeah. that's right. Absolutely. Do you think yeah. that, what does that mean to you for in this moment? Like, what do you think is different now? I know we have the George Floyd murder that changed right. things. I know we, you know, they're just politically our political climate, but when mm-hmm. you think about what's required right now and who mm-hmm. you are in this moment, what right. is it that you most want to bring forward in this moment? What, what will your, these are the things that are important to me about the sheriff's office, how we operate, how we serve our community. What are those things mm-hmm. that your, your pillars, if you will? Well, I think it starts with the fact that there in the criminal justice system in this nation, it, there is a very deep wound. Um, there are people that feel very wounded and the deepest part of that wound is in our jails and prisons. And that wound didn't just start, I mean, it just didn't happen overnight. It's been there. It's been there a very, very long time. What we saw with the event of body cameras is a viewpoint that the public had never really been been able to see before. And that was the fact that law enforcement can be a organization that protects itself. And law enforcement officers who are not held accountable can do things that the public is shocked by, quite frankly. But what you saw, particularly in the George Floyd situation, which I like to point to, is in in his murder, and and I feel awful for it, but what you saw there was that those officers stood by, and I asked people, ask yourself this, how how did those officers stand by and watch that other officer literally kill a man without intervening at all? And I'll tell you the answer, and any law enforcement officer that's had any tenure will tell you the answer, peer pressure, peer pressure and culture. That's why if you speak out when you see something wrong, um, particularly like that, if it's in a department and there are lots of great departments, great leaders, and they do a very great job. But if it's a department where people are not held accountable um, and you speak out, you become the target. And my guess is, I don't know, but my guess is, yeah, that's what's going through their mind is I don't want to be the next target. So again, to answer your your broader question of what's the right time now, the right time now for someone like me is someone who has been on that front line and understands why it's important for officers to speak out and has, quite frankly, a lifetime commitment to calling out bad behavior. I just do. Doesn't make me popular, but that's not what I'm going for. And the officers that stand with me believe in that as well. And I think this you know, I, it's a, a little saying that I, to give you an idea, when I got elected, I told people, I said, I, I've already ordered a lot of wood because I'm going to build a bunch of bridges, right? Nice. That's what I'm going to do. Nice. So, um, and, and that encapsulates where I'm going with this. Gosh, that's, a, that, listen, I, I love that. And I think that, um, that's super smart. What's the biggest, the hardest bridge you think you're going to have to build? Ooh, well, it's going to start with the community and the police. That's going to be a bridge that it's a bridge that's been damaged 
sometimes it just hasn't been used. Um, and it's a bridge of trust. It's the trust factor. That's going to be my one of the largest challenge of the department for myself and the command staff is to increase the trust that the public has in the uniform and the people that wear it. Yeah, it's, it's almost a marketing campaign, though, isn't it? It's, I mean, it just uh, to, to overcome. And, and we do a lot of diversity and inclusion training, and mm -hmm. we talk a lot about systemic racism. And um, have you seen the documentary 13th, the Ava DuVernay? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that was, so as somebody who is not immersed in law enforcement and not immersed in the prison system as you are, that right. was such a wake-up call for me when I first saw that because mm -hmm. I knew the term systemic racism. I under I I experience it um, as right. a gay woman. I have you know had you know my story, but it is nothing compared to the systemic racism that exists. I think that documentary for me crystallized the issues how we got there in in a lot of ways. Yes, uh, and. I think a lot of people just aren't aware, don't you? Do, do, do you, don't you just believe people just don't realize how we ended up here? Oh, I absolutely think that. I believe that. That's why I say it. It's a wound that's been been there for a very, very long, decades and decades um, of people for whatever reason, not realizing what really goes on um, and how that racism plays out in real life. Because that's the thing. I mean, it's one thing to say, someone has a bias against someone, but it isn't until you use that bias to hurt that person in some way, to um, injure them or affect their lives in a negative way because of your bias. Mm -hmm. It's something I've seen in my career and it's what I sought to fix in my small way. I don't have all the answers. I don't, absolutely not. And there are a lot of other officers that want to fix that too. So. Listen, I'm excited about just that somebody like you is creating that conversation because you serve a very big community. Is 800,000 people? And yeah, this is. Yes. Yeah. It's a large department. We have 850 officers in our department. The sheriff of every county in Ohio is tasked with running the jail, the security for the court and law enforcement. And we have quite a large contingent of law enforcement officers out in the communities here that are sheriff's office deputies. So yeah, it's a very big, it's a big job. It's a big job and uh, I'm up for it. I, I'm excited about it. Well, listen, I could talk to you all day. I have, I have so many more things to, to ask you, but I know you've got a big job you've got to get back to. So I'm going to say, yeah. I'm just going to say thank you. And listen, thank you to Christine as well. Uh, I saw her, yes. you know, on the front line supporting thank you. you. Yeah, I know you. Oh, she's tremendous. Couldn't do it without her. Absolutely. Yeah. And I thank you, Tracy, for having me on. Thank you so much for, for having me come on and tell my story. And uh, I'll certainly pass your words along to Chris. Yes. Thank you for that. Uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch because we'll be excited to watch as you progress in your, in your new position, right? Yes. Right. Absolutely. So appreciate seeing you and thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe and join us next week.